0: This is episode 290 of the Beyond the Food Show and today is another segment of her story and we welcome Kim. Kim Beckman is a very successful, high-achieving professional woman who secretly spent nearly 40 years in cycle of restriction and binging. To the outside world, she seemed to have it all together, but in her own mind and body, it wasn't so. Now today, she's unlearned diet culture and she's mentoring other women ready for her story? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and creator of the Going Beyond the Food method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and undiet my life. It is now my mission to help women undiet their life. If you're new to our podcast, be sure to grab our free podcast roadmap at stephaniedoze.com forward slash roadmap. Ready, sisters? Let's do this. Hey, sisters, welcome back. This is a very special episode, a, another segment of her story. And I welcome Kim Beckman, a very successful professional woman and her story is very very similar to mine in which we use food as a means of coping with a patriarchal system in our professional life our former professional life Kim is transitioning out of her career I've transitioned out almost 10 years ago and food and The self-suffering we were imposing ourselves about our body was in part a way of coping with patriarchy and our difficulty of being a woman in a space made for men, right? That's what patriarchal systems are. So, And the other point where I connect with Kim is to the outside world, we met all the criteria to be successful, right? At the house, the car, the career, but internally we were suffering. So I don't have much to say to this intro because what Kim has to share is so important because I know there is a lot of you out there with a story that's similar to both Kim and I, and you're looking for that quote, magical solution that's going to fix it all And Kim will talk about that in the interview, and it's not out there. There's no magical solution. Our program does offer the solution, but it's not magic. You actually have to do the work. You have to unlearn beliefs. You have to learn to think differently. You have to learn to process your emotion. You have to learn, and Kim will talk about that, to be vulnerable, which is what... Our career in this patriarchal system, this toxic masculinity we were trapped in, wasn't permitting us to do, right? We couldn't be vulnerable because it was going to be used against us. So this is a very powerful interview, as all the Her Story segments are. But for this segment of population, I think this will have a lot of impact for you. And if you recognize yourself in that story and you do want to start the work in a very secure, safe environment, know that our program on Diet Your Life is that space. It's the space that Kim is in. It's the space that I created for myself and my own healing. And that's the space that's waiting for you if you are ready after listening to this beautiful and powerful interview. So Without any more delay, we're going to move on to Kim's story. Welcome to the show, Kim. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you and to share your story of dieting your life. So for people listening, let's introduce who you are, a little bit of your background story and how we came to be together.
1: Sure. My name is Kim and I am... Now 64 years old. So I have a dieting history that goes way, 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 way back, probably to my teens, definitely to my teens, in a time when amphetamines were the thing. And there were Miss America pageants on television where they announced the weight of women and there was a bathing suit competition. I mean, that's just how old I am in terms of my experience around what I came from and. You know, that's more in your face than a lot of what I think is out there today, but it's sometimes a helpful reminder to me as where this disordered eating came from. And I'll just call it that. I used to pathologize it a lot more since being part of Undiet Your Life, as it's now called. I've really been able to pick that apart a bit more, but it really wasn't until I started the program probably a bit about 13, 14 months ago that I really was finally prepared to say no more because my diet history is probably not dissimilar to people who were in that cycle for longer or shorter periods. I mean, crazy things from bananas and skim milk to, you know, national, quote unquote, weight loss programs that were this never ending circle. And, you know, I was doing a lot of binging, I was... Really, just caught in the vice of this notion that if I fixed my body, my life would be fixed. And it also happened over the course of a lifetime where I had lots of pretty major traumas in my life. And the food seemed to be the outlet and the place where I went to both find comfort, but more often than not to beat myself up. Because at the same time, I was having that internal battle, I really had virtually all of it behind a curtain. Nobody saw it. Nobody would have known that I was having a battle that was like that. Because to the outside world, I was a professional I was pretty successful in my profession. And I would never have wanted anyone to know, including those closest to me, that that vulnerability was so painful and so difficult for me. So I guess I came to Undiet Your Life when I first found your podcast at one point where I just decided I was really just at a stage, I was not able to diet anymore. Like I was feeling a real anger about it, about the restriction and the notion that I would restrict. And I think that that's when I started just surfing podcasts and came out upon your podcasts. And that was probably a year to two years before I actually took the step of joining the community because I, for a long time, was hoping somebody had the formula that there was some switch that would be flipped. And I would get this intuitive eating thing and everything that comes with this package of both behaviors and the emotional piece would just be poof, fixed. I mean, in that respect, it was a lot like the diet mentality because that's what that whole industry sells. So that's really where I was when I joined the program. And it's been what I would say as an unfolding opening journey for me. I, I would characterize that time before I came to Undiet Your Life as restriction in every sense, emotional restriction, food restriction, even though that wasn't successful, you know, that going inward, that shutting down to now being in a place where I both emotionally and more physically am prepared to be out there in a world and a size that's probably not a whole lot different than when I came in, but trying to really and, and focusing on deciding that I'm going to be at peace with that because that is one of the main learnings from this program for me is that I get to decide which thought I believe. And Today, I believe that my body as it is, is really a miracle. It's taken me through a lot. It still is incredibly healthy, and that's where I choose to be today, which doesn't mean that I don't have struggles, which is probably the other second major learning for me, which is that life isn't the flip of a switch and everything is beautiful. Life has ups and downs, and I have days that are ups and downs and phases that I go through where I'm... Actively working on the program more than others. And in fact, I guess now that I've been at it for a bit over a year, I realize that some of my most important work happens when I'm not actively going after it. But of course, I have to be careful not to just slip and slide all over. It's really important to have a practice too. So I guess I'd say nothing is an absolute. And if I've come away with anything, it's that. That and to be kind to myself, kinder to myself. That I'm still
0: having a harder time with, but it's come. Mm, that was beautiful. So 64, we met a year ago. So say you started around your 60s. How is that in correlation to your career? Like when you were actively practicing your profession, would you have considered undieting or not dieting? Or you needed that to get through? to your profession journey?
1: I would have had a really hard time when I was so actively being at it because carving out time for me would always have felt very selfish and that if I do it really well, I wasn't going to do it. So I would wait till the time that all the pieces were in place and then I'd do it, which was in some ways... A dodge, but it was also I recognize that's perfectionism and that's also the patriarchy and what it tells us about if you are one thing, you can't at the same time be another thing. So I couldn't be a competent out there in front, quote unquote in control professional, while on the other hand, dealing with this deeply emotional, vulnerable place. And so I had a really hard time meshing those two. So when I came to Indict Your Life was a time when I was. Starting to transition away from my work life, and I haven't completed that transition. But this program has been very helpful me for me in discovering that I can be many things all at the same time, and that you know, in some ways, the pandemic, because we're having this discussion as we hope the pandemic is round in the corner towards its end stage. You know, a lot of people have become much more honest about their mental health and their inner life, and Maybe that also helped give me some permission. I don't know, but it also came at a time when I'm spending a lot more time at home than I ever have because my office closed to virtually everyone for in-office work. So it also provided an opportunity in that way too. That was sort of another corner that I rounded. And yeah, once I rounded that corner, there was just no going back. Certainly no going back to that whole diet mentality world.
0: It's funny when we turn the corner and we see the light, it's scary, but we jump in and we can't imagine our life not being in that light anymore.
1: So true. Absolutely
0: true for me. So, you talked about patriarchy, and that's something that through the coaching session we've had together, we came to share that perspective. And I know there's a lot of women, professional women, and even people that perhaps own their business that are more our age who have been successful. In their career or in their business, and didn't understand why they had to work so hard in order to be successful. And we've discovered that it is because the system is not created for us, right? So we have to work really hard. Was dieting a coping mechanism to this situation where you were in?
1: I would say that it was because one of the things the patriarchy teaches us, probably primarily is that we're only worthy if we can check all the boxes. And all the boxes definitely includes, and for virtually all women, even professional women who are quote unquote successful, being in a body that's acceptable to outer judgment is if it's not at the top, it's very near the top, along with being competent, but not too pushy. And that you know, constantly at the edge of a knife in terms of how far you can go, but not too far. And so in some ways, I often felt that my dieting history and my rebelling, while it was a inward focused in many ways, was one of my very fundamental ways of striking back against patriarchy emotionally more than anything. Because it's like a tight jacket, you know, almost like a straight jacket tied inside of it. And All you can do is sort of squirm within that, the confines of that. And yep, it was highly uncomfortable. But the other thing I recognize as I look back is how numb I was to all of those feelings. Like I just assumed that the message was the right message. And because it's all tied to that wellness and health and all the rest of it, that, you know, there must just be something wrong with me that I couldn't get it together. And this remains such a huge trouble for me.
0: I think, and we share that, and I know hundreds of women listening to this will share this, we're successful in our career, we're successful in our profession, we're recognized, even personally, financially successful. And then there's this one part of our life we can't figure out, right? There's this one part with our body we can't figure out. And that's, I think that's why we're so anchored into finding the solution is because we're like, what the hell? Like, I can figure out everything else, but not this. I
1: also feel for me, and I haven't really discovered how this fits, but for me, it feels almost like there's a power in the secret somehow. You know, this idea that I retain something that's mine that doesn't make me so public and so vulnerable. It's almost a way to, keep my shell intact is if I keep this churning on the inside because I can't let it be seen on the outside. So the secret really is a way to keep distance between me and the people I engage with because at some fundamental level, I don't want to be seen in my vulnerability. And I know you've done a number of podcasts lately about intimacy, which have been really helpful for me. And the idea of also having pleasure and all of those things that are on the other side of performing and performing well, which is taking the time to be vulnerable, to be intimate, to find fun and joy and all those things. I wouldn't have described myself with any of those terms when I was at that stage in my career where I was fully committed to being in front, creating security, all these things that... I thought would ultimately make me comfortable on the inside. But of course,
0: it never worked. As you say that, the thing that comes to mind is feminine energy versus masculine energy. Right? And that patriarchy is masculine energy, right? It's built for, and I want to be careful on the terms, but it's built for this masculine traditionally known as masculine energy, which is unvulnerable, non-emotional, performance-driven, achievement-driven, but we're women. We're people identified as women with a highly emotional fire burning in us, and we're trying to fit in this model that was never meant for us.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, but you know, on the other hand, I also feel like A lot of the skills and the knowledge and the rest of it that I took from patriarchy, I also love. Like the brain stuff. I'm not all one thing and I'm not all the other thing. And it has been very interesting. And part of it is the freedom of becoming more invisible as you get older as a woman. That cares care so much what people think. And I'm prepared to be seen more as a human. And it also, though, is something that I would not have risked earlier in my career to have to be seen and to be prepared for the potential judgment of that. But I also find that I can complicate a lot of things, you know, that it doesn't have to be a big trauma, you know, that I can put myself out there as saying, I can't do this because I need to be, or I've decided to be, not need to be. I've decided that I want and need to take this time with a friend who's ill, for example. And people can take it or leave it. They can think I'm not as committed as I should be. But it doesn't matter because I think it also helps pave the way for younger women to be able to take that space back and say, there are multiple things in my life that are important to me. Work is one of them. But in that sphere, I can be much more honest about how I'm doing, what else I'm doing, why I didn't get a piece of work done when I said I'd get it done. You know, in the past, I would have spun a tale about other you know, things that blew up. Now I can simply say, no. I had a friend who was in need, who's a lifelong friend. And I wanted to spend that time with her because there isn't much time left. And it's amazing when I meet people at that place, a lot of male people for sure. It opens the door because everybody has a story. You know, everybody wants to share that part of being fully human. And that's, that's just being people. That's not patriarchy. That's not matriarchy. That's just the human experience, you know? And it takes courage, though, to put yourself out there, because there are some people who shut it out and shut it down. And I recognize now that's their own fear. That's nothing about me.
0: Yeah, because as you're saying that, what I was describing earlier as masculine energy was actually the toxic masculine energy that predominates patriarchy right now. And all those career that are typically men driven, it's not healthy masculinity, because all human are connected to their emotion. But in order to fit the model, even the men have to shut down their emotion to be able to climb or be successful in that model. So I know part of your journey with us is also building your second career, that second phase of your life. And I know at some point you were looking for what you were going to do, but as you were speaking for that next generation of women, if you had a message to these perhaps younger women that are career-driven, that are going after their career and they want to be successful in a patriarchal environment, what would you say to them?
1: I would say first and foremost, find an ally. Find someone like me because my experience is that certainly at my stage of life and in the people who supported me along the way to be fully human, to take that risk where you know you're safe, to, to take your honesty where it will be safe in your own world because those are the people who will help translate for you either how they can stand with you or how you can be in that space truly yourself, but not overcomplicate and overexpose yourself because it's a tough balance sometimes because we do have to keep doing what we're doing. And there are people out there who will try to take advantage of what they deem, to be a vulnerability. And once something personal is out there, you can't take it back. So I fully recognize that a lot of what I'm saying is, comes with the benefit of age. So I think allyship is huge. And there are allies out there everywhere. And they're not only women, I have found some of my strongest allies have been men, allowing me to be fully who I need to be and dealing with some family traumas that required me to really take some time away from time to time. So I guess that would be the other thing I would say is that there are a lot of men who also suffer from the toxic patriarchy, if not most men. And I happen to be the mother of two young men. And I see because they are not quote unquote traditional young men that it takes a toll on them as well. And so, you know, if you find your zone of safety stay with it and maintain those relationships and really
0: invest in those relationships for the people where you find your safety. Yeah, mentorship is really important. So how is your life today? You're still in your career, but you're not as I don't want to say ambitious, you're as ambitious as you were, but you're not as it's not as much of a priority. Now you're working on yourself. So how's your relationship today to yourself to food and to body your body?
1: I would say it is to my body. I feel like today that relationship is stronger in many ways than it is with my comfort with my food. I think that I am, and and this was an intention of mine to work on being strong in my body, but not that you got to be working out five to seven times a week kind of strength that notion of moving my body and finding things that make my body feel healthy and strong without it being a focus on what it may do to the shape of my body or not. And I really feel like I've found movement that gives me joy or helps me settle in a way that feels as though it's quite accepting that I'm going to have times when I'm more active and other times when I'm not as active because we're having this discussion in the middle of a tremendous heat wave, I don't feel like moving a lot in heat wave. So that feels to me more like it's much more organic. The food has come a long, long way, but I recognize too, I mean, I had a dieting history of almost 50 years. So, you know, it's understandable that that's taking a bit longer. But what I find, and certainly through actively working the program, and I would say to anybody listening to this at any age, it's really important to do the work. And I did actively and am continuing to do the work, to do the exercises, to listen to the podcast, because that's really where I'm able to pick things apart. And on the food thing in particular, you know, working my way through foods that historically would have been treat foods, bad foods, all those things we label things that are sweet, salty, fatty, whatever our thing is, and to serially go through them and really give myself permission to have lots of it in the house. That alone for me was a huge breakthrough. And now I find that what's happening is it's almost food by food, it loses its power. And I realize how long my food list was and is of things that formerly, frankly, scared me to have in a house too much because I have a binging history. And to recognize that I almost have to go through them serially. In other words, opposed to having 15 things in the house that trigger my fear of getting fat or being fat that it helps to focus on a food at a time. And I think that was one of the things I learned from you. I also keep top of mind from somebody you spoke with, and I don't even remember who it was on one of the podcasts that it's the 1% solution of people who have make a change in their life. It's not people who get it hundred percent, right. It's the people who start and the people who stay with it. So I have great faith and confidence that the food piece will ultimately be much more ease filled. And I would say it's hundred percent better than it was when I started the program for sure, but it's not perfect. And now I'm accepting it may never be perfect, but I am starting to see more ease. I'm starting to see more acceptance when I eat past a point when I might be full on those scales that I also have to be careful not to be slavish to that yeah, sometimes I eat a bit more. It was a delicious meal. I'm talking to people and I may not have been as mindful, but that's okay. I'll just wait until I'm hungry again, you know, to have it be more rhythmic and more natural. And so I'd say if I'm still working on anything, it's that. Because I've definitely seen in working this program that the other things that I was so focused on before, like I have to have a plan to transition out of my work and I have to Now I recognize that, no, I actually don't, you know, as long as I focus on that 1%, which has been very helpful to me to continue exploring, to be open to ideas, to accept that some days are more active than others, whether it's physical or even exploring other notions and to recognize that I actually already am doing a fair amount because that's the other thing in my type A personality that I can forget that. As one example, I'm a co-chair of an organization that supports women in an industry that's typically very male oriented and it's a pretty big commitment and I'm loving it. And that in combination with now working part-time is the sweet spot for me because it leaves time to do work on the program and do other things in my life. So I guess that's a long way around of saying that it's all of a piece and I have to just recognize that I'll always have to be adjusting, whether it's my food, whether it's body image, whether it's movement, that's just life. And I think it was actually in the, the daily text that you sent today, it was the statement that our bodies will change over time. God, I've seen that at this age. Some days I'll be happier looking in the mirror than others, but not let that be the marker of whether today's a good day or not.
0: It's that there's so much here, but What I appreciate about the food thing, and I think this is what's going to deliver what you want, is the fact that you're patient. You're like, yeah, this is what it is right now. I had a list of 50 years' acquirement of, like, fear food, and I'm working through them one by one, and that's perfectly perfect right now. Like you've changed your mindset to go about this as I need to fix myself because something is wrong. And you're like, you know what? We're going to chip at it while living my life. Yeah. That's beautiful.
1: That's that's the singular thing I've taken from this program that has fundamentally changed my life. It's that. My life is made up of a lot of moving pieces. And there's nothing wrong with me that it's a life project. And yes, some of it has to do with, my extended diet history and my disordered relationship with food. But that's not a judgment. Everybody in their own way, if they're actually engaged in their own life, goes through that process. It's much like, I think I may have mentioned to you in the past, I was going to a yoga studio before the pandemic that had the sign over the door that I loved, which said, what's in the way is the way. And for me, that's right. Food was in the way, but it's also been the way for me to unpack any number of things in my life that I need and want more ease with and to be more alive with and more actively engaged with. So for me, it's ultimately, it has been the gift. That's beautiful.
0: That's beautiful. Like, as you were speaking, I was seeing a a woman's shape of a body being tied around with rope. Food was tying you up and, and keeping you binded. And that same thing, the food, is unbinding you and freeing you up. Yeah, it is
1: like a pathway for me, very much so, because it represents so much, because it is so high on the pyramid of what the patriarchy tells us. We should be, can have, can't have, you know, that control that the patriarchy yeah. seeks to impose on us is so internalized and i think it was at naomi klein who said i don't need a misogynist on the outside i've got one working very well on the inside thank you very much and taking that voice and you know that's the one voice i really clear i just won't listen to anymore but it's not like it's not there it probably will always be there as long as the culture we live in
0: sends those messages and because we've lived in it for so long literally our neural pathways and our brain will likely default to that narrative for years to come. It's just, it's been so everly present and so driving in our own mind. And that's the power of mindset and self-coaching is being able to hear, see these voices, but not respond to them. Not expecting that these thoughts will go away, but just to be able to see them and like, no, not today. I'm not engaging with that.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I've really learned in this program is that I also don't have to engage with other people where they are on their journey. I mean, I find it now sad when I see and I see and I hear other women who are my age who still talk about being on that program and you know the pandemic 19 or whatever they call it and I've lost this or I've lost that. And it just makes me feel profoundly sad because the energy that goes into that but I've decided it's not my place to give them the speech. If people are open to it, you know, I'll often say to people, I will never diet again. If people are open to having that conversation, they'll continue it. But I find nine times out of 10, even in my age group, people don't take up the conversation because it's, for whatever reason in their lives, it's just too threatening.
0: Well, what the the startup of this movement, right? Like you were describing, I didn't even realize you're describing at the beginning, like your early teen years of dieting where pageant contestant weight was being told on TV. Like that is another era. Like we're at the end of this, and this movement of acceptance is starting. And often I talk about how radical this work is like the work of taking a non-diet approach and intuitive eating and body neutrality right now. It's a radical revolutionary way of thinking for women about food in their body. And that's what you're saying. Nine people out of 10 don't even take up because it's so not in their reality. However, it's with podcasts like mine and other of my colleagues' podcasts and people like you sharing a real person story that we will inspire more women to take up the revolution.
1: I hope so, because, you know, while I think a lot of people believe that to take up the revolution, you have to be very public about it, this is the first public I've ever taken and in some ways it's still pretty anonymous but I've agreed that my name can be used and I think that those of us who are a bit further along the road can let people know that the power of that secret is actually what does us in many ways while at the same time knowing we all have to be safe and so this idea that I don't judge anybody about it but that I'm prepared to be more public about it for people who want to have the conversation I think is where it happens because Because you're right, it's a radical step to say no, no more diet culture, no more whatever. And, you know, I also realized that in some of the relationship and therapeutic stuff I've done about some relationships in my life that have been pretty challenged, which is that it's not time for me to engage in a conversation like this one or really other, any other, unless it's, I think the acronym was kind, you know, if I can't say it kindly, I'm not ready to have a conversation yet. You know, if I really need to be out there with my club above my head, ready to charge, it's not time yet, because I'm not ready yet. And I don't have the emotional protection within myself to be stable enough
0: to have that conversation. And it's very interesting that you're recognizing the fact that sharing your story is part of the healing journey. Like when we're ready to share our story, whatever the platform is irrelevant, but to speak our story to people who can listen, it's part of the healing because we're peeling that veil of secrecy that's been binding us for so many years and kept us in the pattern of dieting and diet culture.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And it helps us know that there is community out there. We may not physically be in the same space, but there are a lot of us out there, and that accept everybody in that community exactly where they are. And I see it in the community's Facebook page. You know, I see people who are in a different place, and I don't judge where that is if it's a different place than me. And sometimes I look at people who are in a quote unquote earlier stage, and they make these powerful statements that almost knock me off my feet. And I think, well, I'm not there on that front. And that's the other piece of it. We don't all progress in the same way. We don't all have the same issues coming into it.
0: And we all work it through in our own way. Yeah. So you're coaching other women right now. I didn't even know that.
1: I am. More informally through this organization that works with supporting women in, in, in the industry that I have been involved in, which I said has been historically a pretty male environment. And yeah, I'm loving that. I'm really loving that. How's been the experience? You know, it's been amazing because what I find is that it's also helped me deal with one of the other bugaboos for me, which is conflict and that notion of being forward while also being nice and accommodating and all those things. And so it has really been a great incubator for me in organizing what's a pretty ambitious this organization does a formal mentorship program, but it also does lots of programming and not everybody agrees all the time. And being able to put my position out there with a whole bunch of other type A women, I should say, and not always have to be right, but also being prepared when I think something is important to take it forward and not really care if people think. And sometimes women, frankly, can be their own worst enemies in terms of how they attack each other But I've also used it as a bit of an incubator for the program and a lot of what I'm learning in the program, which is I can put myself out there. You may agree or disagree. Some things I let go and some things I take forward because I think they're that important. And that's okay, too. I'm really loving the mentorship piece a lot. Getting to know people in different disciplines in the area that I've worked in. And because one of the things this organization has done is to talk a lot about resetting how we come back from the pandemic. And... Whose voices are not at the table, which isn't only just about women and men, it's about different communities. And that I just feel has been really expansive. And I have this sense that about halfway through that commitment, it will lead me someplace else. And so, as I said earlier, I used to have the sense I had to know what I was doing next before I could jump off the end of the
0: career ladder.
1: And now I think, no, it'll actually happen organically.
0: That's beautiful. That's a beautiful way. Like, can you imagine if even halfway through our career in the corporate world, we would have had this knowing of ourselves and vision of ourselves, how much impact it could have to change our career?
1: Yeah, I think it not only would change our career, but this idea that I used to have, that I had to be at the top before anything would change. And some work was right because that is where you typically have the security, both professionally, financially, emotionally, whatever. But it was also profoundly wrong because it was that rope tied around me and all of us as women to not be fully ourselves in every part of our lives. And for me, that's the goal is to help and mentor the women who come through that organization or otherwise to be fully themselves and to draw outside the lines, which terrified me earlier in my career in a way that feels more true to themselves without judgment. And it's a big order, but you're right. It would have been fundamentally different if I had done that. I just don't think anybody would have respected me any less.
0: But that's how we change system of oppression, right? System of oppression or change within the system like by players within the system and not with dramatic action but with everyday little action of choosing differently exactly
1: because it does happen it's like what i've come to learn and listening to your podcast and doing the work in this program and it's back to that one percent it happens in daily decisions like in the moments in hindsight maybe inconsequential decisions But that's how you build change, is to take that pause and to sometimes even speak up and say, nope, that doesn't work for me. This works for me. And you can take it or leave it, but I haven't given myself away. I haven't compromised every single time to be seen as acceptable, because that's part of the problem I realize even it's connected to the food piece too that every time I compromise my own truth because I want to be seen as acceptable to somebody else that starts a whole it can be a cascade and again I also in this program learned through the thought work it doesn't have to be a cascade it can be observing okay I did that why did I do it oh I didn't want to be seen as the outlier And so in that context, really being able to recognize that every day I get to decide and every day I get to screw up and every day I get to succeed at multiple points during the day. It's not an all or nothing thing.
0: And it doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. It's just life. Exactly. So we're going to wrap this conversation to make it consumable for people. But if you had a message to what you self-describe as type A and, and women who are where you were. What would you say to that woman right now?
1: This is an organic process. You owe it to yourself to give yourself the time to work it through and not predetermine that I've got three months or six months or nine months to work through this to, let go of all the guilt and the shame about the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars many of us spent on all of these programs and treat this commitment as a gift to yourself and being in the program. And remember that you're not in competition with anybody. You're just trying to live your best life. And that takes time because it's not as though you can put on a shelf all of the things that we are told from the exterior messages about what makes us acceptable, lovable, having value because those forces are out there and they're going to continue to be out there. So it's just really important also to recognize that we need community and we need it ongoing. And it's not a box to be checked to say, well, I've done that. I've got that under control. Watch out for that word control, That You get to be fully human every day and you don't have to do it perfectly. And in fact, if you're looking to do it perfectly, that's where you start to make an inquiry about what that's all about.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. That was a beautiful message. My pleasure. Thank you, Kim, for having shared this time with us and having the first step of publicly sharing your story. How does it feel?
1: You know what? It feels very common and solid and I've told my story in other worlds about other things that have happened in my life and I've had that feeling like my gut is clenched and I don't have that feeling right now which tells me that I've come a long way and I want to thank you also Stephanie for the fundamental change that you've made in my life and the lives of so many women and I think you probably don't have any idea whose lives you've touched and how much you have but just know that the work you are doing is incredibly important, and I'm really grateful
0: for it. You're welcome. And and when I see stories like yours, to me, that's my reward. Because that's what I, just like you, you're preparing your second career. This was my second career. This is my second career. It's not something I'm going to do until I move on to my next life. And that's what I was dreaming. I was dreaming of impacting women like you and having them just like me live their best life. And it's working.
1: Hallelujah, that's it is. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, Stephanie, Have a great one.
0: Beyond ready to shed diet culture from your life and become the expert at your own body? Awesome, then you need to join on Diet Your Life program. Go to stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join and join us now. Undiet Your Life is the first program of its kind with the unique combination of mindset, life coaching with intuitive eating and body image. Find your freedom, reclaim your power and take control of your time so you can refocus on what really matter to you. Join Undiet Your Life at stephaniedose.com forward slash join and I'll see you on the other side.